0: You're listening to America's Web com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: And Ball. hello America, Org. welcome to another edition of Greg's List Live, the home of Syria New Hampshire debate, which I again, that was just I, I can can a candidate does it can it have to be perfect all of the time. I mean, is that the standard cuz I can assure you Donald Trump, if you look back through his recent decade of history, doesn't really jive with uh, conservative uh politics. He's yeah. he's change course recently but uh, the, his supporters don't seem to hold him to the same standard that the Cruz people hold Rubio to or vice versa what
2: how do we explain that they they all have their moments and you know because you brought up the the gang of eight bill it's funny yeah. because I had a I think around this time a year ago I had a conversation with somebody who had already said that he was going to support support Marco Rubio when no he inevitably jumped into the race and my comment at the time was you know I just don't think that he's that conservatives are going to be able to look past the gang of eight bill and and in in some way i think that's maybe maybe that's true but he still has seemed to build so much momentum behind him um you know i i wonder if maybe um the conventional wisdom on political races and especially for republicans is just kind of broken i mean even look at the democrat side we have a socialist who's giving hillary a run for her money um you know, it was just kind of a different time we're in I right guess now. That, I guess maybe perhaps the, the
1: two, uh, the right and left wing are showing their true sides. That the left wing truly does believe that government is a better steward of the people's money than the individual. And the right wing basically just wants a strong man to tell tell the other side to go to hell. Is that is that is that what we've devolved into?
2: I, I feel like you can look on both sides of the political spectrum and – pretty well conclude that That Democrats and Republicans right now both have something very strong in common. That, um, whether you're leaning leftist or whether you're more Tea Party, that everybody just kind of wants to blow the system up. I I don't know if everybody agrees on what the problem is in Washington, but everybody seems to agree that there's a massive problem and that we need somebody that's going to go and plant a bunch of bombs in, you know, DC. (laughs) And and, I mean, just, just shake the whole system up that we have right
1: now. Well, you know, what I, what I've looked at is, you know, the Tea Party and the conservatives. Their fear is big government. The fear on the left is big business. So, and I think both of them are problems. And they really have a common enemy, which is too big to fail, whether or not that's government or whether that's crony, cronyism. I don't call it crony capitalism, whether or not it's just pure cronyism where the special interests get the subsidies and get the tax breaks i mean i can completely understand the left's frustration with this uh this system of handouts that's uh that we seem to be growing every year
2: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah so well we're uh coming up on our first break here folks busy day as i uh Uh, referred to or referenced earlier Weston Kirk from the uh, Young Professionals for Trump campaign I believe that's what it's called. I may have gotten that title off a little bit but uh, I was uh, keeping up with his uh, progress on Sunday and it looked like he had some really kind of insider access to the rally which again these rallies. um, Now Rubio has been pulling some uh, big population numbers in, um, in Tennessee and Ted Cruz has been by far the most active In the uh, hashtag SEC primary states. And I expect him to have quite the crowd on Saturday. And uh, in Georgia, is it a battle for second place right now? Is
2: that what you think? I I think so. Donald Trump, it looks like
1: the polls have not been wrong. Why would they be wrong this time? He's got, uh, you know, a a, a loyal base. Mm -hmm. And uh, what hasn't worked is. Anti-Trump people telling Trump supporters that they're idiots and to not and to vote for somebody else. That that strategy has not worked, my friends. So I I strongly encourage you to not employ that if you uh, if you think it's
2: a good I, idea. I think that that was actually how <laughs> Trump got his rise in the beginning. Is that is that right or not? Because I mean, he you know he had kind of a rambling um, speech when he first announced his candidacy, right. and he happened to throw some stuff out about you know Mexican illegal immigrants, mm-hmm. and the media immediately pounced oh, yeah. on him. Rapists and
1: murderers and criminals and boom, and we thought that that's done. And actually, that's been a rallying cry for many people. Anyway, we're going to talk about uh, Donald Trump and his campaign and if this juggernaut, if there's any way to stop it or uh, why Republicans that are reticent towards Donald Trump should get on board. We'll be back in a couple minutes on Greg's host.
3: Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today.
0: Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like.
4: Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio.
5: Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to
0: AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: And welcome back to Greg's Just Live, the home of serious journalism, only on America's WebRadio.com, Doing a Super Tuesday preview here today, preview of the SEC primary, uh, joined here in studio uh, by uh, a co-host who's been here several times with me now. And I thought you'd be a great addition to the, uh, the, the program today, Christy Riggins, politics.com. Check it out. And uh, they're on Facebook, also on the, uh, the interwebs. We've got uh, a friend of mine from the Donald Trump campaign right now, Weston. Kirk joining us, Captain Kirk, as I, as I like to, to call him colloquially, but well uh, Weston, welcome to Greg's List. How are you doing today, man? Hey, Greg, very well, thank you. Can you much. turn him up? That's great. Hey, your title with the Donald Trump team, is it Young Professionals for Trump?
6: That's that's correct. I'm okay. the Georgia Young Professionals for Trump chair, uh, and it's been a lot of fun. I've uh, been very active and Trying to get all the millennials and people 20 to 40 years old to uh, come out and support Donald J. Trump.
1: Yeah, you know, I have actually noticed that he is picking up a lot of support in that uh, age bracket. And when he first started, uh, I guess, trending... It was it was slower to catch on. It seemed like, or at least publicly, uh, millennials were uh, hesitant. I guess to be you know to speak out about them just because they get. I guess uh, the way that some of the Trump supporters have been treated is. Uh, I think it's I think it's bad news, and I think it's bad strategy for people to to call them uh, names. I'm sure you might have gone through a little bit of that, or people have. Always, I know people have joked around with you about it, but uh, I think the joke might be on them these days, huh?
6: Well, sure. I, I, I think the uh, political establishment, definitely those that are party loyalists, have uh, really neglected the silent majority, which are people outside of the insider political spectrum. And I I see a ton of millennials. I see a lot of them going out and supporting Donald Trump. And even from the rally this Sunday, I, I saw a lot of students from Georgia State walking back to campus uh, with Trump hats on and um, you know there's a lot of there's a big movement out there and it's from every age range and every walk of life um, and, and and Donald is really uh, pulling from all, all different perspectives. Uh, it's, it's been really great to see.
2: Hey Weston, from your perspective, what do you think is is the driving factor behind young professionals and millennials that are getting involved with the Trump campaign right now?
6: Well, I think people really dislike, Career politicians, you know, they're all talk, no action. We see the same old people going up to, to Washington with uh, little changes in the in the major issues that we're facing as a nation. And the the millennial crowd wants to see some uh, changes in in from the good old boy network, and they they really respect Donald's independence. You know, he's not beholden to special interests. He doesn't speak. Above you, uh, he speaks to you, and it's it 's a moment we 're all together, and we 're trying to make America great again
1: yeah i uh, again um, the the folks that were uh, rumors of donald 's implosion have been greatly exaggerated and uh, I have a feeling that if this next Tuesday goes as well as uh, what Trump is looking like in the polls, there may be this bandwagon effect where everybody likes the winner, and... um you know, you always hear people threaten, oh, if Donald Trump's nominee or if Rand Paul is. And you always hear these, uh, I guess, brinksmanship comments sometimes. But from what I'm seeing is Donald Trump is actually gaining steam and also engaging people that typically haven't voted before. And that's where a lot of his strength is coming from. Is that what you're seeing as well?
6: Well, it's, it's from people that have voted for many years. Um, it's, it's, it's just people that are tired of, of the way things have been going. Um, they, they know our economy is, is not strong. Uh, the unemployment numbers are um, completely fabricated. Uh, people have been left out, and people are upset. I mean, people ask, you know, people say that it, Donald's tone is, uh, is tough, but what do, you, what do you expect? He's not happy about the direction of the, com- uh, of the country. And that's what got him into this race. You know, he doesn't need this race. He doesn't need the he doesn't need the employment. He doesn't need the self fulfillment. He doesn't need the salary, unlike maybe some of the other candidates in this race. (laughs) He is fully funding his campaign. He doesn't need any special interests, super PACs, donors.
1: Well, well, what was fascinating to me was last night, Sean Hannity had what was basically a 60-minute infomercial. I didn't actually get to see it. I was uh, We had a, a, a little uh, dinner gathering. But, uh, I mean, that's, that's amazing that Sean Hannity, at 10 p.m., had an entire interview with Donald Trump. That God knows how much that would have cost any other candidate to have that, and I didn't really. I didn't watch it. Was it? Uh, what was? Did you watch it? I, okay. I didn't. W- I didn't Weston, it. were you able to see it last night?
6: I, I was watching the uh, N- Nevada uh, rally live. Okay. That, at around that time, but I did see some uh, clips from it. It was, it was it was really great. You know, it's great to hear from Donald directly, and there's been no other candidate that has been more open with the media and more accessible than Donald J. Trump. And when people actually hear him directly and go to his rallies and, and listen from him, they, they, they tend to pull more heavily right. and, and start to support him more strongly than hearing from some of the liberal media and even the Republican establishment the, the smear campaign that they've been presenting, and that's really been backfiring against
1: them. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it clearly hasn't. Hannity has not been nearly as antagonistic as Bill O'Reilly uh, towards uh, Trump. So that's why I was guessing that it was probably a challenging interview last night. But again, what other candidate gets 60 minutes in prime time? Newt Gingrich came out yesterday and uh, he said that Fox and Friends had invented uh, Donald Trump. But again, it, the news doesn't create itself, right? It Reports on things that are newsworthy. And what the Donald Trump campaign has done is being able to generate a lot of newsworthiness. And, uh, Wes, and I know I saw you, it looked like you had some very exclusive access to the event on uh, Sunday. You were taking pictures by airplanes that looked like uh, they were kind of cordoned off. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what kind of access you had on Sunday and if you got to actually speak to Trump and his family kind of behind the scenes and, and, and give us a little rundown about that?
6: Sure. So the uh, you know Donald is great, and you know the media loves him, and, and and you know he likes the fair reporters. You know there's a small percentage of them, but um, he uh, he quite enjoys um, giving and sharing his message and uh, plans for America, and it's really he's the common sense conservative, and and that's what the country needs right now. On Sunday, it was a great time. We had a huge rally, uh, over 6,500. I heard 10,000, but 6,500 people um, at a huge rally at the Georgia World Mm -hmm. Congress Center. And I had the uh, special honor of of assisting the family, uh, Eric Trump and Jared Kushner, um, Ivanka's husband, uh, to and from the venue. And uh, and, and it was just uh, quite a uh, wonderful experience. Eric and uh, Jared are extremely driven people that are working extremely hard for their uh, father and father-in-law, very gracious, extremely nice. Jared specifically um, wanted to, you know, know where I was born and what I was doing and um, and he wished me good luck in all my endeavors, and, and said I was a
1: uh, you know very sure.
6: very uh, wonderful people, and that really shows that uh, f- from a father perspective that Donald Trump has raised some really great uh, perhaps children. Wes,
1: and perhaps he was just making sure you were a legal U.S. citizen. <laughs> <laughs> we,
6: we definitely want to we want to <laughs> take care of our our citizens uh, first and foremost. Yeah. And, uh, well, it,
1: and last week, Weston, actually there was two stories that came out. Two big factories have n- announced that they're moving to Mexico, and I thought this fed directly into Donald Trump's narrative about making us more competitive. One of them cited that uh, we had too much of a regulatory burden, and these were jobs that pay uh, anywhere from $15 to $25 an hour in uh, Indianapolis. It was about 1,500 jobs, and uh, it's an air conditioner maker called Carrier, and they said that it was a three-minute video of them telling... Fifteen hundred people. Hey, your jobs are adios, amigo, and uh, talk to your union rep. And I, when I saw that, I'm like, you know, is Donald Trump as omniscient as uh, as he thinks he is? Perhaps he is. And well, this, what is well,
6: that, those things happen uh, every week in this country, and, it, and it's very disheartening to see that great American companies, and, and maybe not so great anymore, are, are leaving the country because we have the highest corporate tax rate in the. In the world, uh, we have um, uh, we have countries that are ripping us off uh, at the border on trade. Uh, we have stagnant w- wages, but because of treaties we've made with other countries, they can produce the products there. They can move facilities. They can invest billions of dollars in infrastructure. And what do we get out of it? Nothing. And we're losing jobs across this country, and those people uh, don't get covered by the media, and they're quite disgruntled by the inaction of D.C. And so, you know, Donald Trump's message is really resonating because it is what is actually occurring. Uh, These things happen every day, and we're going to put an end to that and make America the best place to do business and the most competitive in the world.
2: You know, Weston, there's... For, for years we've been hearing over and over again that millennials just aren't engaged, that the conservative millennials are going down, liberal millennials are going up, and even then that millennials are just not a group that are politically active. And I think that this political cycle we're saying that that's just absolutely not true. What, you know What kind of response is Donald Trump getting from millennials and and you know what what are the crowds like and, and what are, I mean what are you seeing as the ambassador for for Trump's um, millennial wing?
6: Well, it's, it's really great to see, you know, the, the millennials in general are pretty apathetic to the political process, but Donald Trump is, is not a politician. He's happy to say that he's a businessman first and foremost, a father, uh, a leader, uh, someone that brings common sense to complex salute, um, problems. And there is a huge movement of the youth vote out there that are voting for the first time Or that have voted in years past but have never been really energetic and so you see a ton of people even high school students that are out there uh, campaigning for Donald Trump going door to door putting up yard signs making calls making sure people know where they're voting in this primary season and it's really great to see that we're having a voice you know if if you don't vote you can't complain and 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 we see a a huge movement right now with uh, millennials uh, supporting Donald Trump and very active about it and attending the rallies. And they're they're going out to vote, and, yep. and large and, and numbers we, we than ever are, Before and there's a lot of crossover.
1: And we're seeing the uh, the numbers uh, get out and vote. Wes, and we got to wrap up the segment here. Thank you so much. I uh, enjoyed hearing about the uh, the experience you had with the uh, the family and the kind of the behind the scenes stuff that not everybody really sees. And, it's very
6: well organized. The, yep. the campaign here in, in Georgia is very strong. And if you if you you know, I got to see firsthand. <clears throat> The Secret Service and the whole, you know, Trump Force gotcha. One landing and taking off. The, the whole campaign is very well all organized. Right. They're on it. They're not wasting a minute. Um, yeah, they, and I can tell, and it's, it's their, it's, their it's time. It's and showing up in the, to, in uh, the polls. the off all the headwinds. And from what I saw, there's there's no way that uh, Trump doesn't win this nomination and doesn't take the White House in November. Gotcha. We're all very right.
1: excited. Well, we got to wrap up Weston Kirk, Young Professionals for Trump. Seeing a couple minutes on Greg's list
7: With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to
0: AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: And welcome back to Greg's List Live, the home of serious journalism, only on America's Web Radio.com. Finishing up or, uh, or continuing with our theme of Super Tuesday or the preview, the Tuesday before Tuesday, we've got uh, State Senator Judson Hill on the phone. Judson, uh, I'm here with uh, Christy Riggins, the editor of ZPolitics.com, and uh, really wanted to wish you a warm welcome and also to your uh, office in 421, Hannah, and the rest of the, the gang for listening in today. So welcome to Greg's List. How are you, sir?
4: Thanks so much. I'm doing great, and uh, thank you very much for the opportunity.
1: Yeah, I mean, the uh, it, it's a really fascinating dynamic. We just talked to uh, young professionals for Trump uh, in the great state of Georgia. Trump, it looks like the polls uh, have been actually right about his momentum, and... Marco minimum is a term. I think you have to put a hashtag in front of that if you want to really speak millennials. But that's something we're seeing, especially with Marco's uh, surprising second-place finish in South Carolina and some new poll numbers from Landmark Communications, WSB, yesterday. You were at the grand opening of the headquarters yesterday. Tell us about that. Tell us about the energy that uh, is clearly uh, with the, the Marco team here in Georgia.
4: Every place I've been with Marco or for uh, Senator Rubio events, putting yesterday has been just the blowout crowds i know you've we hear about that with you know from time to time with some other candidates but yesterday was truly inspirational uh because it's just i believe marco rubio's optimistic message is really connecting we've gone from 17 or so candidates down to a narrow field and i think now people are actually starting to focus
1: Yeah, uh, Christy's here from Z Politics. I know y'all have been uh, keeping up with the SEC primary a lot. What kind of trends have you seen uh, as far as, you know, this battle for second and third between Cruz and it looks like a Cruz and Rubio mano y mano right now for second and third? Yeah,
2: absolutely. I I mean, right now, I think that um, Ted Cruz seems to be hitting a little bit of a stumbling block. So, I mean, Marco, I believe, has really done all the right things to try and take advantage of some of the opportunities that have been presented to. Him. And I think, you know, here in Georgia, um, Senator Hill, one of the things that I've seen is that keeping track of the SEC primary and the, the different endorsements that are going from lawmakers to um, these presidential candidates, Marco Rubio is blowing everybody away as far as how many of these conservative state lawmakers like yourself are going over to his team.
4: He is, and he's gathering more uh, endorsements every single day. Last night, uh, a two star Navy admiral. A retired admiral I need to say uh, chose to chose to endorse uh, Marco Rubio and I believe he's connecting with people of, of all ages he's uniting Republicans so I think you're starting to see I was in New Hampshire for a few weeks ago and I think you're you I talked to people there wondering why people are undecided and it's frankly probably what's going on across our country is some people are decided but many are undecided and they want to see what the field looks like mm-hmm. and Marcos starting to to gather even increased momentum it's accelerating quickly he had about 6,000 people or so in Nashville on Sunday uh, two days ago and we're seeing people move from the Jeb Bush campaign or other campaigns that are no longer um, you know, no longer operating but also I think they're moving from from uh, Senator Cruz and from uh, Ben Carson and all great people all great candidates all strong conservatives but they're moving from those candidates uh, to Marco because they're looking at who can win in November. We like so-and-so. I like this candidate. I like that candidate. But I think with, what's really important is who's, who can win, who represents the next generation of conservatives, and who can unite not just Republicans but independents. To uh, take the White
1: House, yeah, and Rubio. Uh, from what I've seen, him and Kasich do very well head to head against uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, and I believe pretty well against Bernie Sanders. I-, I would think that if Bernie Sanders actually won the nomination, which it looks like the the deck is clearly stacked against him on the Democrat side, who I there uh, the irony is the uh, Democrat party is not very democratic as far as these uh, primaries go. But uh, that's another story, and that's their problem. And that is another story. <laughs> I was say, frankly, that's their problem. Uh, here in Georgia, Rubio finished uh, uh, second place Trump's numbers are way down in Georgia. What does Rubio need to accomplish next Tuesday in order for him to be the heir to uh, I guess basically be the foil against Donald Trump?
4: you know obviously you'd like to see him come in first place I mean the challenge is will he come in first place I don 't know I think you've still got a lot of candidates in the race that are um, dividing the rest of the uh, electorate. Right. You've got perhaps whatever the math is 70, 65 to seventy-five percent of those that are voting in primaries have not voted in favor of Donald Trump. Right. They voted for somebody else. We we believe that that best candidate is Marco Rubio to you know, once again, you know, increase our strength and standing in the world and be able to do that in a in a responsible way, but also one that can unite um, all factions of the party on the principles that we stand on uh marco is is uh getting a tremendous amount of support and you're seeing that new uh excuse me nashville was prepared i think over in 24 hours they're expecting a thousand or so people and i have a close friend who was there i actually almost went up there about six thousand people's blowout <laughs> yeah. reminded me of uh, what was going on last night at the, at the Rubio headquarters here in georgia
1: Well, you know, and again, it's kind of like, if you look at it, Rubio and Cruz... They, if one of them drops out, then some of their support is going to go over, but some of it may go over to Donald Trump. But I do think we need to narrow it down, and I, I'm sure to next Tuesday it will narrow it down uh, considerably. But for right now, you know, you see this uh, back and forth online between Rubio and Cruz supporters about who should drop out. And Rubio, I think with a, a string of second, and if he can somehow manage a couple first-place finishes on Tuesday, right. that would be a clear uh, mandate. But he could very well – this is something I talked about earlier. He could very well finish second place and not win anything, and not actually have a win through next Tuesday, and still claim the momentum. So I I see that That's as right. a, I see that as second, a little bit of a problem for is, the GOP. Is, you
4: know, you want to win the race, right? right? Second place in this context is a fine place to be, um, and it's also as other candidates drop out, it's frankly the place you'd want to be. Obviously, right. Simplistically, if you're not in first place. But I believe because of some of the issues that you addressed with with um, Senator Cruz and his campaign and you know, he fired his uh, uh, one of his staff members yesterday yep. so it gives credit to the fact that they were not playing by the rules if you will. Right. but I think just turning to I think what's moreover over mo- most important is what Marco Rubio stands for and what he'll do, not just this nuance between who's first and second and mm. what the poll showing, but it, they're showing, you know, strength and momentum because of where uh, Marco stands on our military and on where he stands on constitutional rights, and what he represents to help individuals achieve the American dream. Here in the United States, he's he's one of us. He's not a privileged, rich class, but someone who um, though it's a, a great when you can sell fun, he's, he came from where everybody else did. He's your next door neighbor and he's a, a person who's, um, stand strong on their on their faith and their beliefs and their Christian values, and uh, he's unwavering on the fundamental issues that uh, conservatives believe in. Has he has he stumbled from time to time? Yeah, but I applaud anybody who's in, engaged on the playing field of life and, and on the political arena who's fighting to improve and bring innovative common sense solutions, some of which may be not be the best idea but you're fighting and you learn and then you you are uh, recover and you you're teachable
2: right yeah. senator you hill go
4: on to the next step and you're trying to advance something that's important as opposed to guys that, men or women who sit on the sidelines and complain about it exactly. you know
2: one one of the things that i think makes marco an interesting candidate to watch is that he really entered this presidential race somewhat embattled he had the Gang of Eight legislation right behind him. Immediately when he jumped into the race, he got hit with the, um, you know, with the whole yacht scandal story. You know, people were immediately diving into his personal life. He's managed to to survive it. At what point did you look at Marco Rubio and did you say this is the candidate that I'm getting on board with?
4: I believe it was in September of last year. I looked at a number of issues. One is who could I align with and not be embarrassed by. <laughs> Two. Um,
2: that's that's kind of a rare thing right now. Not, not yeah. everybody has yeah. that opportunity to say that.
4: <laughs> well, and and keep in mind if if someone said that about me, they you know I'm I I fail and make mistakes every day, and hopefully I'm teachable and learn from that and don't repeat them. Yeah. Um,
2: we so expect a lot out like of our candidates. <laughs> these our days. desire
4: is to my desire is to get it right, not be right, and I'd rather attempt something and and learn as opposed to, versus never attempt anything and sit back on the sidelines so um, um, Marco has it, he gets in he's engaged in the in the in the battlefield of public policy on conservative values and principles he's a guy that want to be there to nominate the next Supreme Court justice which is critically important yeah. he's the person I believe has out of the, the, the field we have at this point has the best foreign policy background and experience. He's someone who's chosen to leave the United States Senate as opposed to stay there. He's got it all on the line and if he doesn't win the nomination or the the presidency in November, he's going home to be a private citizen. Uh, That's commendable.
1: And a football coach from what I've seen I got yeah, uh, uh, I got to commend uh, Rubio's digital team um, they uh, I think have the the best uh, team out there they've put together a string of one to two minute YouTube videos that uh, you know what I'm surprised that we haven't seen a ton of uh, ads yet I guess the barrage may hit uh, soon but uh, Judson Hill thank you so much for calling in today I know you got to get back to uh, one of your day jobs which is state senator uh, head of department right. head of banking and finance to, in the Senate so
9: trying
4: to lower your income tax burden in georgia we haven't done it in 79 years got a hearing on my senate
1: bill 280 tomorrow well that's exciting and, uh, and we'll tune in for that one and i can't wait to recap that one and good luck with that because i know it is important to uh give more money back to the uh, the consumers which is 70 percent spending of the united states economy
4: absolutely thanks so much for the opportunity to visit with you and uh appreciate all y'all
1: do we appreciate it we'll see you soon judson uh, thanks and uh well so uh pretty uh pretty interesting stuff there from cinder i love the question you had about when did you decide it might it made me think about me still being undecided after scott walker again you've heard me i'm bad luck to candidates um so (laughs) that's why i have the hillary sign in my yard now
2: you know um something that Probably not many people would admit is that I was on board with Scott Walker and Bobby Jindal really early on. And my candidates so, went down too. Okay, him, so. so
1: that's why you've been uh, neglecting to, uh, to to pick a final horse. That's here, right. Which I don't blame <laughs> you. Anyway, we've got uh, Julian Thompson, the uh, co-chair for Women for Cruz, the national co-chair for uh, Ted Cruz, who's the other. Uh, really, uh, I think we have four top tier candidates. I think Ben Carson, I, I, the writing's on the wall for him. Uh, he's going to make a great certain general, but frankly, at these debates, he's been slower than the drive through its stake and shake so it's just something that we can't uh it's hard to have him up against hillary who i will say is very well versed in, in bs but uh, back in a minute on uh, greg's list with julianne thompson
3: affordable health insurance was the promise of obamacare but for many the government mandate caused more problems than it solved this is dr elena george from medicine on call and i want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under obamacare liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today.
0: Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you
7: like. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren, on Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. With all the back and forth in today's politics... It seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com.
0: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: And welcome back to Greg's List Live, the home of series journalism only on America's Webradio.com. We are wrapping up an outstanding show today, very informative. We've had uh, some folks that are big time uh, volunteers or supporters or, or, or paid advocates for the uh, uh, three of the top tier campaigns. Governor Kasich is here today and in Atlanta, and uh, we've been able to get three of the uh, other top candidates uh, in here today. And wrapping up with Julianne Thompson, who's the national co chair for For Cruz. Julianne, you've been on Greg's list before. Welcome back. How's life going?
9: Hey, Greg. Thanks for having me back. Life is going great, busy and chaotic, like (laughs) you and everybody else involved in politics this election season, but going very well. Thank you.
1: Yeah, we were just talking. uh, Christy Riggins from Z Politics is here and uh, joining me in studio today, and we've just been kind of, we were both Scott Walker fans or or supporters, just like you were back uh, so many months ago, and I know you and uh, Louie and Rachel all uh, were able to switch over to the Cruz team, and uh, looks like that was a pretty good decision. Ted Cruz has a first place, third place, or uh, first and two third place finishes, and the third place in South Carolina was by the narrowest of margins. So you must be pretty yes. excited about the uh, SEC primary coming up.
9: Very excited, looking forward to it. And uh, this has been certainly the most unpredictable and. I'll say bizarre election of my lifetime. <laughs> I, I have tried many times to call it on certain uh, occasions and have been wrong a lot of the times as have many political pundits. and it's just been uh, it's been a very surprising election and uh, a, you know but that's something that's not exclusive to Republicans this election season. I think the Democrats are facing a lot of the same issues we are when it comes to a lot of the insurgency candidates that we're seeing. Yeah, and one
1: of the things that Cruz, I, I I wish them, we would hear more about, is his very impressive resume a lot of times they call him the junior senator from texas he's only been there a couple years but his resume and legacy before that is one of the most impressive he's argued before the supreme court a few times successfully i may add and uh, protected uh uh, second amendment rights um vigorously in texas and it's just that's some of the the things that i don't think we hear enough about ted cruz that's
9: exactly right i agree with you Uh, but let's be clear about the about one thing and that is that the mainstream media not so much blogs or alternative media or social media but the mainstream media has done their best to uh to set the the rules this election season and has set the tone and I, i think that there are things about senator cruz and other candidates as well but i'm here to talk about senator cruz i think that There are things that they really don't want to focus on where he's concerned. They don't want to talk about his impressive resume. They don't want to talk about his accomplishments. They don't want to talk about the fact that he is an award-winning debater from Harvard University. They don't want to talk about the fact that Alan Dershowitz, a person from across the political aisle, who is a professor at Harvard University, called Ted Cruz one of the most brilliant, if not the most brilliant, students that he's ever taught. Uh, they don't want us to know those things about Ted Cruz because they have a desired political narrative and a desired outcome, and they're crafting their stories and their debates, for the most part, with a few exceptions, um, to fit that desired political narrative.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think it's pretty clear now, uh, Rubio and Cruz are battling for second and third, and you're seeing... Um, I guess uh, both campaigns trying to make a case for why the other should drop out and right. support them. And I, I, I've I, been talking to Christy. I, I can't see a case for either one of them. I think it's going to shake out a lot uh, next Tuesday. But Ted Cruz has a chance to win at several states. Right now, Marco Rubio isn't polling in first place. And frankly, the polls have been pretty accurate. Uh, Donald Trump has been able to get his people out to the polls. The only one that uh, he did not was the Iowa caucuses, which is, we all know, the... the the inside baseball people it's actually hard to vote in a caucus you got to sit there for three hours and listen to other people talk um nevada tonight how does that uh how does that work out for uh senator cruz is he looking at a second or third place and rubio's lived there trump is polling. i think trump is going to win that one maybe by double digits again is cruz looking at a strong second or what are y'all what's your feeling on that tonight
9: well, we're hoping for a strong second. Like I said, I've tried to call this election <laughs> many times and I've been yeah. wrong a couple of times. But going back to your previous point about battling it out for seconds between um, Senator Cruz and Senator Rubio, and I certainly have nothing negative to say about Senator Rubio. He's a fine candidate, a fine man. And and if he would be the nominee, I would you know, support him. But I, I find it laughable when I see the posts on social media Mm -hmm. saying that Ted Cruz needs to just drop out of the race (laughs) and all the supporters need to rally behind Marco Rubio so that he can beat Donald Trump. Let's be honest, Senator Cruz is the only other candidate that's beat Donald Trump in a state, not Senator Rubio. Uh, uh, Senator Cruz beat Donald Trump in Iowa. Uh, Senator Cruz finished higher than Senator Rubio in New Hampshire and the, the little over a 1,000 vote difference between the two of them in South Carolina is negligible. And it really doesn't matter because neither one of them received any delegates out of it. All the delegates went to Donald Trump. So using well, South Carolina and finishing a little over a 1,000 votes is a reason for people to coalesce behind... Um, Senator Rubio over Senator Cruz, it makes absolutely no logical sense whatsoever.
2: Well, Julianne, one of, the, um, one of the things that I saw come in my inbox from the Cruz campaign, I thought was so brilliant right before the South Carolina primary, because, you know, Marco Rubio had started to rack up a lot of big-name endorsements. He had Trey Gowdy, Tim Scott, Nikki Haley came out for him right before that election, and the way that the Cruz campaign explained that was, if Marco Rubio doesn't take first place by a long shot, then there's a real problem here, and I, I think that that actually turned out to be a really, really important point. And he's long called the SEC primary his firewall. I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens when, you know, everything shakes down next Tuesday.
9: Right, I agree with you, Christy. I mean, I I think that what you said about the email is is 100% true and, you know, a, a really good take from it. And also let's remember, I, I have the greatest respect for Nikki Haley, but let's remember she did endorse Mitt Romney um, in 2012, and Newt Gingrich won South Carolina. So I was never really thoroughly convinced that that endorsement was going to set him over the top there. And and you're right, he did get a lot of significant endorsements in the state of South Carolina, and it wasn't enough to propel him to first or even a close second. Um, so I think that the sec primary super tuesday we are we're in for nail biter we really are and i feel like with the ground game that senator cruz has built in various states including the state of georgia we have county chairs in over a hundred different counties We have, of course, our district chairs. We have tremendous grassroots leadership as well as elected officials that are supporting Senator Cruz. Um, The ground game is second to none, and the Georgia team has done an outstanding job. Uh, But back to your point about political endorsements, I'm not so sure that's the way to go this election season. I mean, we're in a completely different political climate than we've ever been before, and I think that people are somewhat repelling the idea of backing candidates that are touting nothing but political endorsements when it comes to elected officials. Um, and Senator Cruz has, has been very clear from the very beginning. He you know, He's welcoming of uh, those endorsements from elected officials, but he knows that when it comes to getting through to those grassroots activists and when it comes to getting through to the people that actually vote, they want to hear from the people who have been in the trenches with them. They want to hear from grassroots leaders and activist leaders that have gone door to door, that have made the phone calls, and that have you know, been through the fire with those voters and with those other activists, and I don't think that surrounding yourself simply with political endorsements from elected officials is the way to
1: win in 2016 yeah i mean and i mean the endorsements you remember uh, a couple years ago the whole georgia political establishment came out once they dipped their feet in the water and thought it was safe to endorse jack kingston when he was up by 10 points in the polls and kingston had nearly everybody except hunter hill and uh chuck eaton and that didn't work out. So I agree with you. Uh, your premise on the uh, the elected officials, uh, especially, you know, I think that Rubio and Cruz both some of their uh, endorsements, though those. Their endorsements are guys and gals that are actually going to work the phones that are going to put out they're not just ones that are going to write a three sentence facebook post and try to get with the winner. So I I think that some of the ones in Georgia specifically just cuz I love my state, I think that some of the endorsements here might be a little bit more effective and Cruz's team has been uh, lauded for having the best organization, the best ground game. He's saved up a lot of his money to spend in this next week. He'll be in Atlanta on Saturday I believe you'll be joining him at the uh, the rally correct i will what what, can, what are the details on that
9: um, I don't have all of the details okay. yet. You know how presidential campaigns are, <laughs> and they kind of all fly by the seat of their pants. But as soon as I get those, I will email those to you.
1: Great. Well, that it'll be on Saturday, so we can narrow yep. it down to Saturday, and I believe it's supposed to be somewhere in uh, downtown Atlanta. So y'all stick around with Greg's List for updates on that. Julianne Thompson, National Co-Chair, Women for Cruise in Great American. Thank you for calling in today. We appreciate it. Good luck on the trail. Thank you. Thank you. So pretty good show, huh? What do you think, Chris? Yeah, we, this uh, has
2: been great. Who, her, so, let's have, go have, vote. You,
1: I was about to say, who have you def- – you know, speaking of that early voting, why I don't do it. Uh, Jeb Bush, he, he's on the Georgia ballot. I bet you he got some votes. Uh, Rand Paul's going to be on it. I heard Pataki is actually on the Georgia ballot. I I like going on what's called Election Day, folks. You know, frankly, it takes you five to ten minutes to vote. Even on a presidential primary, the lines shouldn't be too long. And then you get to really participate in what is the the American experiment, the the republic that's lasted more than 200 years. And it's a republic if if we can keep it. And uh, we're going to do our damnedest to keep it. Christy dot ZPolitics.com. Thank you for coming in today. Thank you. And uh, we appreciate y'all listening. We'll see you next week on Greg's List.
3: This is com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.
4: Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio.
0: Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like.